to the Dynasty Duo Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is CJ Kraus. I am going to be your host today, as always, with my good friend, DLF Carp, Tyler Carp. Today, we have an awesome show going over the rest of free agency signings. We got some mailback from you guys, some trades we didn't get to last week, and some questionnaires that affect your Dynasty team. Tyler, how was your weekend, man? It was pretty good. Weather's finally starting to get warm in New York. I'm really happy about that. I'm one of those uh, seasonal people where the cold weather really bothers me. The warm weather really makes me happy. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, most people are like that. Unfortunately, here in Denver, we got some more snow uh, on Sunday. It was like super sunny on Saturday and then snow on Sunday. So we got some snow on the ground here, but it's warming back up. So I'm pretty excited to be able to go outside. All right, without further ado, guys, let's go into the news. All right, so I it's hard it's hard to talk about this. We we talked about how we were going to talk about it for a while, but you know we're doing news. We kind of have to address the Deshaun Watson situation first up top. Look, it. There's a lot of detail still to come out. By the time you we're recording this Monday afternoon around 3:30, uh, you're probably going to hear this later on in the week. So you know, by the time you hear it, there could be more details coming out from either Watson's camp or uh, Tony Busby's camp, and uh, you know, will anything could happen between now and then. But as of this moment. There are a significant number of accusations against Deshaun Watson of uh, improper, you know, sexual behavior surrounding uh, these massages. It's it's been highly publicized. You know, I, I won't get too much obviously into the details, but of course, you know, for me, I it's important that all of these accusations are investigated, and we're not going to know you know, the full truth anytime soon. We're going to, there's a legal process that's going to play out and that, you know, that comes before in a lot of ways before this fantasy football game that we're playing. It's much more important to hear the stories of these women in their entirety. And I, you know, I hope that we, we do get to hear that and we get, you know, a proper and fair and just resolution to this whole story. Now, with that said, I do understand that Dynasty fantasy football is a game. And there are people who are either doing a startup now and are wondering, you know, where they might want to, may or may not want to draft Deshaun Watson. There's also people who have Deshaun Watson on their existing dynasty rosters. And, you know, they, they didn't ask to be put in this situation. It's a difficult situation, but they, they have to decide, you know, you have to decide what you want to do with him in terms of holding him or trading him away or what his value is. So we're going to do the best uh, that we can to give some advice about that. You know, I, I totally understand if just personally you don't want Deshaun Watson on your team, that's totally okay. I, I, there are a lot of people who feel that way and there's nothing wrong with that, but just from a value perspective, uh, let's, let's try to give some of, some of an idea of where we see him at the moment. So CJ, what do you what do you think about 
his value drop at where it's come to. It's definitely become a significant drop. We've seen him be in the top five pick of a dynasty superflex startup the entire offseason up until this point when these accusations are coming in. I would personally take probably Joe Burrow and above is like kind of my line, like straight up. I've seen him traded for Baker Mayfield straight up. I've seen him traded for like a bunch of these like cells that are a little bit aggressive for me. People have been trying to lowball offer for my ownership of him because I have a couple of leagues, not too many of him, but I have like three different ones. A twenty twenty-two first, I'm not taking that. Not enough, yeah. It, it's it's hard because of the whole situation, but you have to separate yourself mentally from it's a a player and not a person almost the way you have to look at it to me when it comes to my dynasty team. So again, I think I would take Joe Burrow straight up. I would take um, the one hundred one obviously, which is going to be Trevor Lawrence. And I would probably take um, maybe Russell Wilson. I bet you like a, some kind of small conversation. What do you think about John Watson? Just kind of clear yourself of the player if you're trying to get rid of him. I mean, that's about right for me. I I would probably take Wilson and above and not everyone else, uh, which would put him at QB9, QB10 if you include Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I agree on the value. I think it's also two separate conversations. If I'm in a startup right now, I'm probably not not taking Deshaun Watson. I'd, I'd take him if he fell into the somewhere in the third. There are other players in the first two rounds. The first two rounds are full of great players. Probably just not going to risk lighting my first or my second dynasty pick on fire. If he falls to the mid to late third, maybe I could see myself taking him. Anyone who's doing a startup, like with my advice or kind of co-managing it with me as I'm, as I'm known to do. We're just not going to end up with Deshaun Watson on our team. Someone else is going to take him. We won't have to deal with this. I think the more tricky scenario is if you had Watson already. If you you, you didn't know, you, you had probably had Watson going into the offseason. First, you hear about that he doesn't want to play for the Texans. He's demanding a trade. The Texans aren't giving in. So that reduced his value a little bit. And now there's, you know, this even more this is a much more serious issue that is much further reducing his value uh in dynasties so what do you do i mean i had someone we did a startup a couple weeks ago we picked deshaun watson and recently we traded him for uh matthew stafford and the 111 i, I didn't love it but you know i was okay with it i was fine with just you no know, i don't really want to deal with this anymore i don't really want him on my team Stafford and the 111 for Watson a few weeks ago would have been a laughable offer, but that's not awful. I mean, you're getting a good quarterback and you're getting a first round pick in this loaded draft. So just to get it off my team, I'm, I was okay with that. But that's the kind of offer you're probably going to have to take, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the better ones I've seen accepted with the options there, unfortunately. But again, I whoever's taking them on has to take on that risk too, because you could just be lighting your quarterback on fire you could be just burning away a quarterback and a first round pick and a strong draft level. that could be someone like a bateman it could, could be, be a mac jones could yeah, be a mac be. jones at 111 easily i see mac jones go as far as like the 201 202 even so it could just be yeah well mac jones just happens to be who i have ranked 11th in, yeah. in, in my rookie ranking so oh yeah i don't disagree it's very reasonable to me that it could be a mac jones there yeah, so it could have been. I, I would be happy with that if I turned Deshaun Watson into Stafford, who's got a bunch of years left, and then a young quarterback who's coming in with first round draft capital. I mean, is that the greatest thing? 
maybe not if it's if you get Deshaun Watson of old, but it's not a it's not the end of the world. It's not going to sink you, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and there there is a world where someone like Stafford will finish higher than Watson in the in the oh, year. Yeah, there's a yeah. world. I mean, if if Watson, you know, there's still the whole Watson and Texan situation to work out. Don't don't forget about that. That hasn't been resolved. That is not resolved. They're both sides, as far as I know, are still dug in on that uh, issue. So there's that. So there's two issues, you know, that are impacting Deshaun Watson's value at the moment. So I, yeah, I, I totally see that it's possible that Stafford produces more fantasy points in 2021 than Watson. Totally yeah, possible. Well, I think I think the best offer I've seen someone get accepted so far has been to a a 22 first and a 206. That's a lot. That's someone. A- yeah, That's someone, a higher end offer. Yeah, someone was similar. I saw Rogers in a 2022 first was offered. Um, so it's uh, kind of similar. So yeah, if you're valuing Watson, that's the range. You just want him off your team, and that's that's what you should be aiming to get is somewhere around that quarterback in the lower tier that still has years ahead of him or a top end finish and a low end first or a future first. I think that's a yeah. I think that's fair evaluation what we have right now. Because if we rank Russell Wilson around that range and we think Watson's now behind Wilson, like uh, more or less 10, 10 yeah. 11, that's what we'd probably be aiming for and we'd be okay with moving a Russell Wilson on a team. Yeah. Like like, that. Would you move Russell Wilson for Baker in the 111? I mean, it's, I probably, I might. Yeah, like, that's, honestly, that's what I mean. Like, so that's so the same thing about you, you, the end of the you world. Have, you have to take the name away and put the value on it instead. Because again, there's a world where like all this is um, resolved and things happen, but it's course, not yeah. looking like that's happening at this. That point. looks unlikely to me. I, I agree. Yeah, I, but, I think that it, it's hard. This is hard to even talk about, right? Because really, um, unfortunately, the, with the way that the world works, Deshaun Watson is. It's, it's not like a receiver or running back. You cannot just find another top five quarterback. We know that the NFL does not have a history of necessarily acting in the you know most socially graceful or socially acceptable or socially caring way. We, we know that. And we know also that more than likely, unless Deshaun Watson goes to jail, he's probably going to get another starting shot in the NFL just because you can't replace a top five quarterback. You just can't. So I caution anyone as a dynasty manager, don't assume that Deshaun Watson is never going to play in the NFL again. I think that that's incredibly unlikely. I think that Deshaun Watson is going to play in the NFL again. So even though his value has declined, I wouldn't, I would be very careful about just selling him for nothing. That's not what I would advise doing. If you can't get the kind of return that we mentioned, a a quarterback from a tier or two down and a first round pick or a young player to go with that, I would just hold him and hope for the best. Now, and to tie a bow on that as well, if you're in a startup aiming around that third round, if you're going to decide you're okay with taking him, that's probably around where you want to take him is that yeah. maybe late second or earliest, but I wouldn't be looking for him. So the third I wouldn't round, do it. like mid third, like 305, 306 is around when I have him on my boards. And also if you just decide that you don't want him, period, that's fine. It's your team. Like the goal of this is to have fun. If you don't want him, don't take him. Don't take him 
don't draft him don't trade for him if that makes this more fun for you and that's what you want to do i support that the only thing is if you already have him don't take crappy offer whatever bad offer just to get him off your team you don't want to hurt yourself again like you have to I, I know it sucks but you have to try to get good value for him even if you've already decided you want him off your team like it, it's just a part of you know sometimes these things aren't necessarily the most fun or the greatest things to talk about but don't just sell him for a second round pick try do better than that try try to get some sort of return you'll, you'll be able to get something is significant for him from someone who believes that he, this is not going to affect his value long term because i know there are people who feel that way that he's gonna have his same value restored in the near future so find that person in your league and just do your best to sell him if you really want him off your team try to get something good in return yeah let's just uh, move on to the next one yeah, there's really no, there's I, no I think we've we covered it in, in depth for sure yeah so let's move on to the signings that happened this week yeah. that we didn't get to last week the ones that went over so Phil Lindsay same with the Texans on this one is going to the Houston Texans who created a three-headed backfield of him David Johnson and Mark Ingram potentially yeah that's I know early in the offseason we we're talking about holding David Johnson now he's the guy and then two more signings happen. yeah what does it do to the value of all three players Tyler well, Mark Ingram has no value now. Uh, he's worthless. You can, I don't know, probably you can still hold him, but I, I don't think you have to. The other two, obviously, you still have to hold them. David Johnson took a massive value hit. Philip Lindsay, I don't know where he wasn't valued very highly before. I think this is better. I think it's better for him to be in Houston than it was for him to be in Denver. They didn't like, they were giving Gordon most of the work. They didn't want, they didn't like Lindsay there. I think this is a little bit better, but not much better. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really just not excited. I think the only way this goes well is if uh, Johnson is just completely washed. Ingram is just done. Like I think he is. And Lindsay somehow gets on most of the work, but I don't know. I don't really want any of these guys. I've kind of washed my hands of this whole situation. Like I'll take almost anything I can get for them, like yeah. thirds or whatever I can get at this point for any of those players. Yeah. But it's such a, we don't know and we're not going to know. And we could see it changing at any point in the season, depending on what it's going to be. And we don't even know what that offense is going to look like. As we've already mentioned, we're not going to get into that anymore. Yeah. I'm kind of like the whole Houston backfield. I'm kind of just, no. Yeah, I, I agree. There's just nothing there. I, I, I would say just hold on to them, <laughs> and maybe yeah. if someone gets hurt, then you can sell sell the other one. Uh, yeah. if, if you get if you keep the healthy one, I would say that with David Johnson, it's better to just take whatever you can get. He's significantly older. Philip Lindsay, if David Johnson goes away, and Philip Lindsay, who's also pretty old. Uh, he turns 27 in July, uh, but he's a lot younger than David Johnson. Uh, Philip Lindsay somehow has like a big season. He only signed a one-year deal. He could get another contract. I would say that Philip Lindsay is more of a hold and David Johnson is more of a take whatever you can get. And Ingram is just worthless. I think that's mostly enough about, about these three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another, another uh, old man signing that happened yesterday was Deshaun Jackson heading over to the Los Angeles Rams to work with Stafford to be the, to be the presumed deep threat. 
what does this do to the wide receiver core? Does Deshaun Jackson mean anything? Is he like a late round dart you want to throw on? No, what do you think? No. Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson is um, no, completely. His career is was over a long time ago. Uh, he will probably stay healthy for one game and then he'll end up injured. I don't, I mean, they do need a deep threat in that offense. They, ever since they lost Brandon cooks, they've never really been able to replace that. Van Jefferson is not really a deep threat. He's more of kind of in the mold of the other guys that they have. I think this is going to cut into Van Jefferson's playing time. I don't know. It, I'm not, I wasn't interested in Van Jefferson before. So I'm even less interested now. Like that, that's really all that's happened here for me. Yeah, I never really got the Van Jefferson hype personally. I could see like was there when, hype? I mean, there's a little bit of hype, especially when like Josh Reynolds didn't resign and he could be like the next man up. But he's still a third in that offense. I must have missed it. Yeah, I must have missed it. I didn't see that hype anywhere. I mean, there's there's a little bit, but it's not much at all. But Deshaun Jackson is getting paid to run wind sprints down the field. Yeah, this is not. And he's gonna pull his hamstring. Yeah, this is not a, a real thing it just tells you what they think of van jefferson which is not much they're also linked to marvin jones remember that i think i think if they could have afforded marvin jones i think marvin jones wanted to go there they wanted him but the the money just didn't work so jacksonville paid him more but they they wanted marvin jones in that offense who was significantly better than deshaun jackson i think that tells you everything you need to know about van jefferson they i don't know why they lit a second round pick on fire uh, taking him, but that's what they did. I, I does this affect oh. Woods or Cup with the signing? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not moving Woods or Cup because Deshaun Jackson might play three sna- like three games or a bunch of snaps. Like no, no. <laughs> Just double checking. All right, moving on to the next one. Some other signing of Chris Carson going back to Seattle. Well, we talked about this the other day. We did the, the best case scenario for you, Tyler? That's you correct. Talk? It is the best case scenario. I. Uh, I, I think it's it's great for his fantasy value. I I, I like it. I yeah, it, 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 it's not a two year deal, but really it's a one year deal and a deal that can be cut the next isn't year. It two, isn't it a three year deal? That's really a two year deal. Well, yeah, they haven't released the third year, but like it's really honestly a one year deal. The way it looks at, it. if you look at the um, dead cap that can happen, he can be cut next year to save like three million dollars. Kevin Case doesn't work. So really, it's a it's a one year with three years available kind of the way it's kind of broken off there yeah they could cut him they'd save like three and a half million but it would only be a what a six million dollar cap hit if they kept him so it wouldn't be like the end of the world they the biggest thing about this they covered their bases in every level of it on the contract i'm not saying they will cut him next year i don't think it's a great contract for next year as well but in case case carson has the same injury bug or something happens Then they it's can the fact that they have the out, yeah. What do you think Carson has? Do you view him as a one-year asset, a two-year asset, or that one-year year asset. asset? One year asset. One year, yeah. but he has now he has one year that he didn't have before. <laughs> so so yeah, I, I mean he's actually Carson is Carson's a one-year asset that could potentially give you two if you get lucky, but this year he's going to be good. I mean if, if he can stay on the field, he's going to be good. Seattle doesn't have a lot of draft picks. I think this is it for moves for them at the running back position. I think that, yeah, Yeah. I I think that Penny is probably fully healthy enough to be a backup. They're obviously going to decline Penny's 
2022 fifth year option they're, they're not paying him that kind of money uh but for 2021 they'll have carson penny and dj dallas and they also signed alex collins uh as a backup yeah i i think that that's fine i mean carson is a solid starter uh penny was a first round pick i think he's good enough to be a backup and then you know collins and had some success in the league and dallas uh was fine in the games he played last year nothing special yeah, Carson's definitely the guy to own, but I say you treat him as a one-year asset. Like, I've been trying to acquire him in some leagues that I need, and I'm offering, like, a mid-second this year and then maybe something small on top and see if I can get him because I don't view him as much of an asset long term. Yeah, he's not really an asset. Yeah, the most I, the most I would give for him is probably a mid-second this year and a 22-second next year, just, just in case you're trying to buy him. Don't treat him as an RB1. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Because like, people have started talking about that. So I wanted to be sure just to bring that up. Penny still could eat into the snaps as well. And Carson doesn't have the, lo- the best injury history at yeah, all. I mean, Carson's not a workhorse, but yeah. he'll get 55 to 60% of the work. And that offense, that's pretty good. It's run he's for. A, he's a solid RB2. That's a, right, a high yeah. point of view. For 2021, yeah. yes. Correct. Yeah. I'm not saying for a dynasty long term. No, no. But if, but if you're in like a win now scenario, he could be a player you're looking to buy. Um, just to kind of get you through to give you some depth as well. And so. I also recommend doing it now. Um, I know you would have got burnt on that if you listened to me on the David Johnson advice of doing that now. But, you know, this is a little different. Carson's younger and uh, Seattle is less incompetent than Houston. So <laughs> maybe I think we can trust him. They, they paid him a lot of money not to, not to start, right? So Yeah, they gave him a lot of guaranteed for this year. Yeah, they gave him a lot of guaranteed money. So well, I, they, I and Again, they could run him into the ground, and if it doesn't work out, they can save their money next year. So. And I think that's exactly what they plan to do, run him into the ground. Speaking of signings, another t- player going back to their team is Juju Smith-Schuster, taking significantly less money than when he was offered yeah. from the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens to be one of three wide receiver one-ish players on that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team? No. No. No, no. Uh, Well, I mean, I'm not saying the wide receiver one for fantasy. I'm saying wide receiver one's on the team. They're all battling for that same role. Oh, it's it's a battle? It's it's not a battle. I mean, no, it's, it's not. Like, on that team, you could see in 2020 that Deontay Johnson is the one. Like the actual one, he's treated as the one. He's the Antonio Brown. He's the real one. Chase Claypool has the upside. He has the long-term upside. Juju, they didn't really want him back. This is what they offered him. Nobody else offered him much better. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't take the superior offer from Kansas City. I understand why he didn't want to go to Baltimore. I don't. I don't get it. Juju's. What this tells me is that Juju's market was not there. You could say, oh, receivers had no value. Well, Kenny Galladay just, we'll talk about him in a second, clearly had some value. So this just tells me the NFL is not in on Juju. Nobody wanted to pay Juju big money. He didn't, if he believed me, if he had an offer for four years, 70 million, he would have signed it. He would have signed that. He's not getting more than that in the future. This just tells me that for me, I dropped Juju significantly in my dynasty rankings when this came out. Just tells me the NFL just doesn't want him that much. So, so, in, your, so in your rankings, because on a DLF and their trade finder and everything, it's showing that they're almost identical in value between Deontay, Juju, and Claypool. Yeah. You would rank them Deontay, Claypool, Juju? 
or Claypool, is it Deontay Juju. Okay, just curious about that one. Yeah, for Dynasty, I I think I still have Deontay a little bit higher currently, and then Claypool, Juju in that order. But I could see that flip flopping. But right now they're currently at equal value. This might be your sell window for Juju if if that value is true. No, it's not true. So unfortunately, that's the value of a week ago when he was still a free agent. Juju's value took a massive hit. Nobody wanted this. Everyone was hoping that he would sign that big free agent contract somewhere else. Didn't happen. His value took a big hit. This is the time. So it's definitely not, it's not a selling window. This is a, uh, if you believe in Juju and you're not going to listen to me and not take my advice, now would be a buying window for Juju. His value, all, his value actually, I think, took the biggest hit of the three. Because uh, it just showed that his market in the NFL wasn't there. Um, yeah, because you you have the up to date on DLF. You can see all the. Um, well, no, it, it's not through. that. It's just that no site can update their value it, because the value is based on trades that are actually happening. A lot of it and ADP data that isn't. You know, we do ADP data at the beginning of the month, so we don't have April's data just yet. No, no value updates that quickly. So well, I'm just telling you that from like. Uh, the perspective of what I'm hearing around like the community of values, Juju's value has dropped the most, but yeah, I mean, it's going to take at least a couple of weeks for that to really fully update in the tools. Um, you know, nothing, nothing updates that fast. Well, luckily a lot of people do look at those tools to help them out and try to figure out what they should be doing. So that, that might, that's why I bring that window up there, but if the community and again, league by league, it's always different, whatever yeah. people view things. So where do you have Juju ranked right now going back? Because last year he finished the highest of the three in terms of fantasy points at wide receiver 16. Yeah, but who played more? Did they all play the full 16? Oh, no, by no means. Deontay Johnson definitely did not. He finished as wide receiver 21, and Claypool was wide receiver 23. So yeah, worth- so I, th- I suspect that on a per-game basis, uh, I'm not sure that Juju was the guy that we wanted. Again, I'm just bringing that up as the idea that we're bringing through because we are going to have another year of Big Ben with that noodle arm, low yards per target for the team. This really does help Juju to an extent for a year. Again, these are the points you can be making if you're trying to sell it. Oh, yeah, not for me. Uh, I have Juju at, well, without rookies, I have Juju at wide receiver 23. I'll assume, I mean, Jamar Chase is 100% going to be ahead of him, so that drops into 24. And I expect to have at least one, one or two rookies ahead of him as well. So he's probably going to be outside of wide receiver two range for me by the time rookie drafts wrap up. And I have uh, Claypool and Deontay back to back. I have them at, I have Deontay three spots ahead of Juju and Claypool four spots ahead then. So, I mean, I, I get it, but I'm just kind of throwing out the devil's advocate of the whole situation to be able to use it to your advantage in the trades that you have available to you. That's one of the biggest things we could do. Yeah, I, I get it. And to me, it's just that Juju is the worst of those three players. I, I think the other two are better. I, I think so in, Deontay is just better than Juju. And Claypool so in terms of PPR great... fantasy points per game last year, we had um, Deontay scoring 14.8 fantasy points per game. We had Juju at 14.6 and we had Claypool at 13.4. So it was pretty close. Yeah. So, I mean, the speculation that Juju is that far behind is something to consider. A lot of people... He looks like he is, though. Right? That's the thing. So, that's why I'm going to look this up. But I'm pretty sure they're closer than we thought. Literally, only a point two points per game difference was that. I, mean, I haven't looked at all the splits and everything, too, because that could definitely... Yeah, the, the other thing with that is there's all those games where Deontay played, like, a few snaps. Like, if you watch the games, when Deontay was present on the field, healthy, 
there's no question who the number one was. It was Deontay when he was healthy and present. And Deontay doesn't have a history of injuries. He played, remember, if we, we talk about recency bias, remember in 2019, who had the history of injuries? Deontay played a full 16, no injury problems, and Juju struggled with injuries the entire year. You know, if you just look at the last two years, a year ago, you can flip the script on who had the injury problems. So it's not, I wouldn't say that Deontay has injury problems and Juju doesn't. It's, that's just recency bias. It's not, it's not true if you just go back one more year. So I, I would say that to me, it's very clear who the alpha is. And then Claypool is a separate story. Claypool, it's more you're chasing the traits. You're chasing that, what I call the, it has a like Metcalf vibe. Chasing that and hoping that it's hoping that it's real. Sometimes it's not real. <laughs> well, I think it's real. There. I, I I am a Claypool guy. He was one of my favorite rookies coming out last year. I got him the third in like so many different um, rookie drafts last year. That's where he was going around that range, late second, early third in your rookie draft. So look for those gems that have those traits. They can definitely yeah. break out. But I agree 100 percent that Deontay. If you take away the games where he was you know, a few snaps in that count, his numbers go. He had five games over 20 fantasy points. And he's the only one of those receivers to do it. But I'm just saying, yeah. Juju's well, not in the water. Had over I mean, he had a game with four touchdowns. I, I know that. That's over I 20 fantasy points right there. The mindset but, of Juju might be in your benefit. Because Tyler forgets that he was actually pretty decent last year, and he's still right? young sometimes. But, but Juju has no upside. Like, Juju is what he is. I mean, really, really, if you really think about it, is there really much difference, like, from a talent and, like, usage perspective between Juju and Jarvis Landry? Really? Really? Is there really that? Is Juju that much better? I don't think no, so. No, I, I don't think they did, but he's definitely younger. So definitely, and he's Jarvis younger, Landry is a, like, a great person to anchor your wide receiver three on. Right. But that type of player does well when they get all the volume. He's not going to get all the volume. Like, that's the problem. That's why I'm just not interested. That's why I want the players who have the upside. And that comes with the other two guys. I mean, I'm not saying not. I wouldn't do anything straight up for any of them. I think Juju is the lowest of the three. I just think that the mindset of Juju has no upside. Juju having not beneficial, not as sexy of a pick is going to help your dynasty team because he can be that anchor to your first flex on your wide receiver three. Ben, ha ben has to uh, be able to throw the ball, though. That concerns me for all of them. It does. That's something, yeah. that's something to worry about for all of them. So it definitely knocks that down. And who's going to be their quarterback after? That's another story. All right, that's enough Steelers talk. We need to, yeah, we need no. to keep going. I talk so much about the Steelers. We get, we get on these tangents. Um, your favorite team finally uh, gave the player the bag. Oh. Kenny Galladay, $72 million deal, four years. How are you feeling about uh, Kenny G to the New York football giants? I'm fine with it. I like seeing him get the money. That means that they wanted him. That's something. I mean, he's the clear top receiving target on that team. There's no question. You know, Shepard, Slayton, and Ingram are, are role players, but he's the, he's the alpha. And from that perspective, I kind of like it. I, I kind of like him being the alpha. I, I don't know how I feel about Daniel Jones. He, he's fine. It's a decent landing spot. A lot of people are saying that this is an upgrade to Kenny Galladay, but it's like, what did you expect? It's honestly a downgrade. Because like him going mm. from Stafford to Daniel Jones, 100% downgrade to me. Well, it could have been worse, though. Or he could have signed somewhere where he's not. He could have signed with the Bears. He was talking with the Bears or the Bengals. I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't have liked the Bengals at all. Uh, to a lot of good targets on that team. A lot of competition for targets. I don't know. I, I'm i fine with it. I, I'm, 
I'm yeah. fine with it, but I don't. I fight that people are saying his value went up from anything. Well, I think it's, that's the thing to me, because like well, I never move something in, in speculation. And you really, that's, I, yeah, I want to yeah. see how high you move up there, because like I would argue that from when he was supposed to get tagged to now, his value is either the same or a little bit down. Because I think Goff might be a better passer. Not saying a better fantasy asset, but a better passer. <laughs> than daniel jones um i well i mean that's that's very possible i don't think down the field he's as good so i i like that for kenny galladay i, don't know, I have my speculations there i have him around the wider like, low mid to rate low wide receiver too that's what I, so I, I, I understand but the way people are viewing him the way that he's been talked about is just something to keep in yeah, mind I mean, his value didn't go up significantly because he's the most recent signee and if you can get that fine person cool. that is feeling that i would be trading him but I think you disagree a little bit. A little. I mean, I'd rather have him than Juju. I agree. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I, I yeah. completely agree. I have, I have Juju lower than. Galladay. But I'd rather have Claypool and Deontay than Correct. than Galladay. So he's one of those players in between those two. Those that those players for me. So what, where do you have him ranked right now? Currently, uh, he's. I think he's. Uh, he's. Oh, he's right ahead of Juju. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-two. 22 yeah i have around um wide receiver 23 right now including the rookies so that's something that i mean it's all yeah, the same tier. so we're we're identical but i think we're not far off yeah yeah i didn't move him up though I I, okay here's the thing i just think that kenny galladay could give you a wide receiver one season it's possible so i can't rank him much lower that's all no i agree but like don't be don't pay wide receiver one value for no yeah, please don't do give that. you that that is going to be something to do. But not too much to talk about this year. This really hurts everyone around him. But did Slayton or Shepard or John Ross have any value before this? No. I mean, Shepard, sure. But uh, not much. I didn't move Shepard much. It's Slayton that really moved way yeah, down. Slayton, Slayton takes the biggest hit this whole offseason. Because yeah. now they have two downfield threats added to their team. That And him and John Ross might be sharing snaps to a good amount. Because Kenny Galloway is not coming off the field. I'm done with uh, done with Darius Slayton, and they also signed Kyle Rudolph. So if they're really keeping Evan Ingram, are they are they moving into 12 personnel? I, I don't know. I I Darius Slayton just forget it. He's he took he lost most of his value. Yeah, almost like he, I call it um like the Tra- Travis Fulgham experience, but spread out over a couple seasons. He had, a little bit. He had, he had some good games, which like held his value. And if you fell for it, well, you paid for it, and now you're not getting much. Well, he didn't have high draft capital either. Yeah, so something to consider these players that have these like big spikes. If you think you're getting this gem, it's not always a gem. It might just be a, yeah. a hot streak. We so, all make mistakes. It's fine. Yeah, but I just wanted to know. So if you have if you have Slayton, someone can get something off him. I might try to move him, but most you likely you're holding can't. him. You probably can't yeah. get anything or whatever. Yeah. Just keep him on your team and just hope for the best. He, he's not a untalented player. I mean, yeah. he belongs to me. He belongs in the NFL on the field. So. Don't just give him away. Probably just hang on to him. He's not unstartable. There could be some injury. He's not he old. Just, he's he not just, unstartable. He's not uh, old. And he's not useless. And he's not awful. You're not going to get better than that in what you're going to get in exchange. So just keep him. So he's the whole of this one. Perfect. All right, I think that's all the news that we had planned to cover. I know yeah, we've been... So much um, news, but yeah. it's important this time of year. I mean, that's news is what moves Dynasty values uh, during the offseason, so it's important to talk about it. We've been meaning to get this mailbag for a while, so I appreciate everyone sending in um, all the trades you've been looking at and some questions, so we're going to get to that right now. So let's, uh, let's hop into the mailbag. You've got mail. Here we go! 
Cool. Questions we've gotten so far. Thank you guys for sending. You can always find us on Twitter. You can send it to at the Dynasty Duo FF directly. You can also send it to myself at KidFlashFF. And Tyler does these threads a good amount of time that I can steal some from at BLF underscore carp. And we just love answering guys' questions. So something from trade questions we got so far. I'm gonna jump in and steal this one because I just did this trade yesterday and I want to hear Tyler's opinion on this. It was I got AJ Dillon for the 211 and a 23 second. I'm the Aaron Jones owner. What do you think of that trade? Eh, sure. Super flex, right? Super. No, no, it's non-super flex. Oh, then I like it a lot more. Um, this, is, this is my non-super flex league. Okay. Yeah, then I'm I'm good with it. Good. I'm glad you're ever. I just I approve. I think, I think Dylan's one of those players that if I can get for that kind of range of value, I'm buying almost a lot, especially on the Aaron Jones owner. Like yeah. he's most valuable to me. And I think because I offered the two eleven to start off as a starter point to see if I could get it. And this is the yeah. counter I got back. And I'm just like, okay, because I have no value for it. So I'm just like, go go sure. for it. Yeah, no, it, I, I like, I like the deal. So we have um, at shooter McDavid. His name's Rhett's brought it in. So we have a burrow, Joe burrow for, Julio Jones, Devontae Parker, and Tua, 10-team league. 10-team, super flex. I mean, I don't want anything on the other side. I hate Julio, Parker, I hate two. Tua, I don't really like either. Uh, so I guess even on a 10-team super flex, I'll probably just take the one thing I want in Burrow. I just, the other things just don't move the needle for me. So I'll, I'll just take Burrow. I think this is a situation where you're getting the most of your name valued players. I think Burrow is by far the piece I want in this. I'm not a Tua guy. I think he has the potential to turn around, but I think for fantasy, he's always going to be that at best low end quarterback one, but probably always in that quarterback two range. So, and Julio and Parker are basically on Parker. I think is going to be in a crowded um, wide receiver court. Um, yeah, and, and then Julio is too old to even have value more than like maybe a year. Yeah, he has value, but I I'm just not giving away Burrow for this. It's not enough, even in only a 10-team Superflex. Remember that the, the Tua's value also goes way down in the 10-team Superflex. So just the fact that I'm only getting these sm smaller pieces on top, I, I got to just stick with Burrow. Yeah, so we call them smaller pieces, but the, like even a year or two ago, those have been big pieces. Move well, around with it, but for, but, age yeah. catches up with players, and it you got to keep that in mind. Um, one more we got coming in from same person, Shooter McDavid. We have Stefan Diggs for Amari Cooper in the 203, another 10 team Superflex League. So that's the 13th overall pick then. Um, right. that's, that's, I don't think that's enough really to move from Cooper to Diggs. So. I'll probably I'll probably just take digs. It's not I'm also on the dig side as well on this, but it's not far off. No. In my opinion. What what would be the kicker that needs to be thrown in for you to take the Cooper side? I'd like the pick to be higher. So let's say it was the one ten. I'd probably do it then. So the tenth overall pick. So like somewhere between that. So let's say the two oh one, the eleventh overall pick. Um that's probably, the, that's probably the line. Cool. So just a little bit off there. So yeah, something to consider is um, this is something to always look at. Look at your board of rookies when you're accepting or sending out trades as well, because a 203 this year could be different than a 203 next year or a 203 in the past. It's, every year is so different inside of rookie drafts. So understanding your board as well. To kind of segue into our final question, that was actually on Tyler's thread. How do you value draft picks multiple years out? Example, how you value a current 2023 first, um, first round pick? Would you flip it? 
a 2022 first to get a 23 first, considering that people are valuing the 23 class as a better class than 22 currently. No, I mean, no, I would not do that. Uh, Yeah, that is a ridiculous question uh, on that point, because you can always get, I, I don't care what people say about the class. You can always get a future first plus for the first in the year earlier. Like you can get a 2023 first plus for a 2022 first. It's just the way it is. Like that extra year of waiting is a big deal to people. So, so no, don't do that. Don't go trade your 2022 first for 2023 first. So just get that out of your mind immediately. Uh, I, I said it's a big deal yeah. to people. I think it's a big deal in general because I'm waiting a year to get oh, anything for this. Deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting a whole season of a potential value spike, a potential breakout. Let's look at, let's get a player like um, Justin Jefferson going in late first, early second. If I would have been like, you know what, this class in the back end is pretty weak. Give me a straight up random pick. I wasted a year of points, a year of a player that's useful. Even if you got like Jalen Rager, it's just like not worth it to be waiting and get nothing for it. I agree. In that case, though, I do think that people, some people undervalue future picks too much. Like, I see people giving away their 2023 first all the time, and I would not recommend doing that. Uh, be very careful when you're giving away your future firsts. Uh, you never know. The farther out it is, the more uncertainty there is. So you could be giving away the 101 very easily because, you know, by then your team could have completely turned uh, into a nightmare. So anything can happen. Be very careful. And this year, I, I would, you know, one thing I would say is that I'm probably devaluing the 2023 class less than I would in a normal year because it is so good. Remember uh, when we were looking out at 2019 and 2020, people were already in on the 2020 class, kind of out on the 2019. I think that's kind of where we are now. People are in on the 2023 and kind of out on the 2022. I would be very cautious about just giving away your 2023 first. And also if you're in a current startup and you can get 2023 first for cheap, I recommend doing so. I think you'll thank me later. 100%. I mean, it, I call, I've heard people talk about this as the iron bank or setting up a bankroll in the back. Your rookie picks cannot get injured. They can, on, they can only keep increasing in value the closer it gets to the draft up until that we know the number or until we have an idea of the class. Because no matter what people are saying, like value future picks out multiple years, you can't, you're again, you need to take into account how long out they are and how many years of lack of depth you're going to be giving yourself. So if I'm training for 23 first, no matter how good or bad the team I'm trading with, I'm valuing it as, if I'm comparing it to this year, at best, a late first, but most likely a mid-second is something I value that around because I have to wait so much longer and get nothing for it. I can't give you an eval of, oh, your team's bad right now. It's going to stay bad. We have no idea what's going to happen a year from now, what players are going to break out? What players are going to work? And we, we try to speculate. We try to pick, but we can always be right or wrong. I just tell people, be very, very careful about trading away your 2023 first. Just be I, very careful. I'm speaking of this as, as a buyer on my end. I'm usually Buyer is very different, but be very careful when you're trading away your own first. Because if your team collapses and then 
you know, try getting that first back. It's not going to be so easy. You're not, yeah, you're not going to get anything back. Oh, I ain't close to what you've gotten for it. And no, you'll have to pay up for it because people will realize that your team has fallen apart. Like, that's the thing. I just, I caution people about trading away their future first just willy-nilly you should really consider what you're doing before you do that it's a big deal it makes it hard to rebuild the whole point of rebuilding is you lose a bunch of games to make your draft pick higher but if you don't have your first you can't do that it's something to be very careful about especially in such a strong class as the 2023 class is going to be a good rule of thumb that i like to do is i will almost always keep my future first until i'm about to make a run for a ship if I'm going for like a championship run and we're in the middle of the season, that's when I'll start like going out there and trying to be like, Hey, who wants some first for on? Cause you know, who you're sending to, you know, who's in the rebuild mode. Cause those players, those teams are out of the playoff picture. So they want them. So you're able to buy the players to help you win now. Cause the only thing that fixes selling the first is winning a championship realistically. Right. I'm probably more aggressive than you actually. Really? Yes, I'm unwilling. I will not trade my 2023 first until I just will say no, like blanket no, until somewhere in the middle of the 2021 season. But then mm-hmm. I, I, I've done it. Like I'll trade the my next two years of first during the season. But until the season two years in advance kicks off, I'm just basically, you'd have to offer me twice its value to get it from me and no one ever will so essentially i will i'm never going to trade away my own 20 i'll trade away someone else's but not mine i want to keep mine just in case i need to blow my team up if i get to like week four or five and i see that i'm four and oh i'll trade that 2023 first away like forget it like i don't i want to win i want to win a title i can worry about 2023 pick later then i'm i'm throwing one season up in smoke but i'm I'm already doing well in 2021 if i throw up 2022 and it's all bad and it's just whatever and i won won the title i don't care like it's not so bad yeah championships are forever that's the biggest thing you're a little quick to sell compared to me i'm more of that like i want to work out so i'll sell in like that week eight week nine mark so you're going out early and early early yeah oh make the move early i i'm big on making the move early uh that's how you get ahead that's how you secure that buy you know the the first mover often gets the biggest advantage i know i'm very aggressive i i I, I see that and it's it's okay to be either one like i'm a little bit more i want to see the playing field i want to i'm telling you i get the most out of it because you could buy the player that gets hurt in tyler's way but if Tyler's way hits, you do get four more weeks out of the player that you bought. Well, sure. I mean, if I'm, oh. I get to start that player in week five and week six, like I'm not going to buy a player that's hurt. I'm going to buy a player that's healthy when I'm buying them. And maybe, you know, even if they get hurt, maybe they've given me some wins in weeks five, six, and seven that make the difference for me having that, that first round buy that we all want. I mean, the story is we're not selling anything in the off season. No, do not sell your 2023 first. Now do not do it. Don't trust me. You're going to regret it. It's, it's risky. Like you don't know what your direction is going to be in you don't know what your direction is going to be in September, let alone what you're doing in late 2022. Forget about what your plan is during the 2023 draft. Like, just just don't do it. You don't have to. Like, wait. Wait until later. The value of the 2023 first is going to go up the second the 2021 picks are out of the pool anyway. So to tie a bow in all of this, never trade a earlier year pick for a future pick, no matter what you think of the class. Never. 
And if you're going to sell multiple years out or at least a year out, do it in season, not in the off season, because that's when you get the most value for it. Pilot is a little bit earlier than me, but the point still remains that we will not be selling our first because we want the only thing you can control of your first is the one you own it's if true. you blow up your team. So something to consider. I understand the idea of betting on yourself, but you better have a have a, I, you know, a good head start to bet on yourself. I just published an article actually about this, uh, where my recommendation is if you're about to blow up your team, acquire re, if and you've traded your first away, reacquire it first before everyone realizes what you're doing. Because if you try to reacquire it last, once you've already sold off all your good players, people are going to see, oh, that team sucks. I'm going to ask for more. That's going to be an early first. I want like a lot for it. But if you reacquire your first before you've blown up your entire team, then you can get a better price for it and then blow up the rest of your team and make that first high. So I, I, I just literally wrote the article dropped yesterday. So if, if you want to go read that at DLF, uh, Go for it. It was the end of a three-part series, and I had a lot of fun writing it. So if you want to go check that out, suggest giving it a read. No, you should definitely go check that out. Tyler does great work in the articles, and I always appreciate him being on the show. But any final words you want to talk about before we close this one up? The the one thing I'd always say is just keep being positive, keep having fun. Just, uh, you know, it's fantasy football. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. And uh, just whatever it takes for you to get there, I, I support you. And if you ever... Want to talk to me about fun fantasy football? My DMs are always open for that. So send me one. Yeah, well, I know the positive note with that one. You can always message us at our Twitter handles at KidFlashSF. That is mine. At DLF underscore Carp. That is Tyler's. And our combined one that we both try to use. Most likely you get a hold of us via our normal Twitter. But yeah, our... don't, don't DM the podcast account. <laughs> We'll we'll see it eventually, but it might we'll be see it eventually. But if you want to DM DM one of DM our accounts, and you can find sure. that at the Dynasty Duo FF. Um, appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.